Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and today it's the Dublin R428. It's AW NJPW Forbidden Door. That is a mouthful. But luckily, I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by the entire WNR team. Up first, by my side for every WWE and AEW pay per view, it is Jaxie. How are you going? Yes, yes. Hello, hello. Ready to get on with reviewing this exciting and amazing uh, pay-per-view event we've just had. Hoping you're doing well, James. I'm doing fantastic, and I'm like so glad that you are by my side yet again as we head towards the Forbidden Door. But up next, joining us, our New Japan expert. You know, New Japan. This guy knows more about New Japan than any of the three of us combined. (laughs) Uh, also an NXT expert as well. It is Monty. How you doing? I'm good, man. After that show, I'm on, I'm, I'm on cloud nine. I'm high off life. Any other acronym for just being over the moon that you can think of, that's where I'm at right now. I'm just, I'm doing good. This was a great show and I'm just ready to talk about it. It's crazy because, you know, even I'm watching it and I can figure, oh, I kind of know a few of these guys. But for you to kind of know the history of it to come together, like you said, must have been just like special, you know? Yeah, you know, I've, someone who's been watching since, you know, like I said, the last six years, I've kind of watched uh, most of these people either come into their own and to see them in these situations with other wrestlers from not only other promotions, but wrestlers I've seen in AEW who, re- who wrestled in New Japan before. It's just. It was just great. It's just a lot of emotions, really, uh, that I can get into later. But yeah, man, it's, it's been it's definitely an awesome moment. That that was special, special to me. Right, and last, but by no means least, I Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, that's right. All right, all right, all right. He said the person who invented the hamburger was smart, but the person who invented the cheeseburger was a genius. And there's no other thing to introduce genius, Gina. But you're a little bit under the weather as you join us today. Hey, gang. Yeah, I'm not doing so well today. So I'm a bit exhausted and tired. So maybe a bit quiet, but I'm super excited to still review this show because it was so fire. Yeah, without a doubt. We're going to get on to that. Uh, <laughs> first off, I mentioned a live show. I want to give a big thanks to everyone that of course listened and for your emails as well well most of them because uh, we're going to get into it and a few people said first off they attacked me I will say this I've been attacked on this show for years being called too loud or whatever it is a few people said I didn't let Jaxie talk during uh, the Japan roundup when she's seen the event or actually not letting Gina talk that much either and if I did that, I do apologise, you know. But uh... I, I, I wouldn't have said that you weren't allowing me to talk, even though I've watched it. I was very much engrossed into what Monty was saying because he was breaking down everything for me, you know. So, um, I mean, it's nice to know that you guys would like to hear more opinions uh, that I have on New Japan. But I promise you, I will get there. We'll get we'll get started with this uh this pay per view as well. Um, but let's just say you know uh, I, I'm now becoming a, a a quick fan of New Japan. So don't worry, you'll get you'll get your um fill of uh Jaxie's, uh comments and thoughts on New Japan. Yeah, uh, and I try not to talk over kind of anybody any time, you know. And you know sometimes it can be a bit excitable on the live show, but on the other hand. Um, Again, I enjoy people getting addictions as much as kind of we do. 
But a few people have complained saying Jack's in Gina's. That, um, I do. I will say this to people out there. I do say to the guys that I get a bit shy with these podcasts sometimes, so I may not speak up as frequently as the others. I will try my best. Probably after I feel much better, I'll be more chattier. So I apologize for today, but I promise to bring double the energy next time. I'm just. I'm going to get an email about not letting Gina talk just a second ago. <laughs> so, if that's the case, I apologise for future... It's like Minority Report. I apologise for future crimes. We're just going to call this Everybody Loves Monty podcast soon and be, be done with it. Uh, but like I said, on the other hand, uh, people getting in predictions saying Jackson and Gina are too similar with picking predictions. Uh, and, and it's not different. Oh, um, uh, guys, seriously, we're twins. We're gonna right. have, like there's. I do. Me and my sister do not discuss our predictions before we write them down. We then send them to James on the group so that they're already sent. I am sorry if our twin minds work the same and we choose the same person, but it's gonna be between one or the other. Like. I'm, I'm sorry if well, that doesn't please you, but guess what? Monty, Monty and James chose a lot of similar uh, choices well, to me as well. So. You know, I actually, when I got this, I did look back because we've been doing the predictions now for over six months. And mm. in actual fact, uh, Monty and I have matched up more than... Uh, Way Jackson more. James have that. Yeah, so fuck you guys. Yeah, yeah you too much. Shut up. So can I also chime in here and just say, in the beginning of when I first started to join with the predictions, I actually was choosing answers that I thought would be opposite of people, and you all told me off for doing that and said to go with my gut. Yeah, that's true. My exactly. Again, going back to what Jackie said, we're twins. Our gut instincts are probably always going to align with each other. Um, so hopefully that is enough to satisfy your answers to that but I'm I mean, also not going to change it again I mean again just to stress out you know my sister and I live in different cities and yet I will still come up to see her on a weekend and we both are wearing the exact same thing so it's not exactly like we purposely <laughs> try all right but like there's only so much you can do when there's a match between two people and you have to choose one or the other so yeah. deal with and it we also do- dressing like each other we really hate that about twins so exactly. if we do turn up in the same outfit we're actually annoyed at each other yeah <laughs> so, so there we go so we dealt with that uh received a few emails uh about the women's situation uh a lot of people happy uh with jacksy kind of standing up for this um but we had a few we had a few experts who wouldn't tell us well, a couple of people said that the women's match ruined the card in itself but didn't offer an explanation why either it did or the fact right. New Japan doesn't have women's wrestling. But they are yeah, experts, just, you know. I am actually just going to turn around to you now. And with no actual, this is like, there. this is no offense intended, but that's bullshit. Um, this, isn't, this isn't a New Japan event. It was an AEW crossover with New Japan. Mm-hmm. So you saying that the women's... Uh, car- uh, match shouldn't been on there or it didn't mesh up. Do you know why? Because there was only one women's match. 
if you had more than one match, then it probably would have looked even better, a lot more colourful, and we would have gotten a lot more content um, to showcase uh, the talent of these women. So if you didn't like it, then maybe stick with just just New Japan wrestling pay-per-view events if you don't like seeing women wrestling. But apart from that, I'm not going to stop standing up for the women of wrestling that deserve it. They may I not like one that going the, forward the, the, the work with Yeah. I think one of the other things is that the the reason why maybe their match didn't pop as much is because the lack of a storyline built up to it. Exactly. And that's maybe why this person is probably thinking that the match was irrelevant. Um, and so maybe from that perspective, I can understand it. But I also would like to say that I would have been more annoyed if there was no women's match on the card at all. So mm-hmm. the fact that... Oh, we it would have been everywhere. It would five stars. Exactly. So I'm grateful enough that we even got just the one match. I would have preferred to have uh, another match um, on on the cards, and it would have been great to maybe include um, a, a, a Japanese female wrestler. But at the end of the day, as New Japan have stated, they don't really have their female wrestlers. Female wrestlers have stardom, which is their mm-hmm. own separate. And but, it wasn't okay, a we, we stardom. We- over. It wasn't but, that. but we also can't forget that AEW is home to quite a few Japanese uh, female wrestlers. We could have easily had like Shida, Emi Sakura, uh, May, uh, I've forgotten her last name, um, you know, uh, Riho. You know, that there was there was opportunity, but there wasn't enough time to build up everything to a storyline for any of these women, let alone Thunder Rosa and, and Tony Storm. So, yeah, there's been lack of build-up, but we've discussed this on previous podcasts that they re- uh, they really do need to sort of up their game when it comes to featuring uh, women talent. And that's just a personal um, role that AEW need to work on themselves, you know? Uh, this, is, this event is perfect example of that. And again, I'll say it's it's great having new listeners and feedback, but unfortunately, with these kind of I call them Johnny Come Latelys, who have not been listening to us <laughs> since its very beginning, because you will have listened to us covering the May Young Classic, you know, with Oscar Streak and NXT, the Women's Revolution, uh, Sasha Banks versus Bailey, NXT Takeover Brooklyn. That's all I need to say. That's what started my love mm-hmm. properly. Uh, for it, and I've been trying to continue on the pod ever since. Uh, but a lot of said, a lot of love for the live show. And Tony Khan, as we talk about um, the w- women's absence on the the card, it said he wants. Uh, obviously, the whole thing is is uh, Bushiroad own New Japan and Stardom, so it's been quite easy to get mm-hmm. them together. But Tony Khan noticed uh, noted that, um, of course, with visas have been too close to the time. He also said about, oh, you can only have a week, so we can't get them over on our own TV show. But again, I don't want to go into too much detail what Tony Khan is, is doing at this yeah. moment in time. Um, mm. the, the worst one, though, and this is, I'm not really sure how to deal with this, so I'm going to leave it, uh, <laughs> I think, with you three. Um, people talking about the only match featuring people of colour uh, was the Swerve and Keith Lee match. Now, again, okay. um, this this is quite interesting, I think, in a, in a couple of reasons. But, uh, Monty, first, well, you know, what are your thoughts on that statement in itself? Because I found it a bit confusing. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. It's not, I don't, yeah, I mean, you can make that point. Like, of course, we, you know, we talk about representation. You want it. You want to see everyone fleshed out all throughout the card, but let's not 
act like if the if Scorpio Sky wasn't dealing with an injury, he probably wouldn't have a TNT title match here or something, possibly with someone in New Japan, maybe. You know, I can say that, you know, with his injury. Or, you know, I know they don't want to rush the board, little thing, but who knows what could be going on if he's healthy. Uh, so there go more uh, more reputation you could have had. We talked about a, a second women's match. Usually there is a Jade Cargill, you know, women's match in these pay-per-views or something like that. That wasn't the case. We've already discussed why. So, uh, you know, I, I can see what they're saying. You know, maybe you could, uh, you know, could involve more, you know, you can see spots, but the, the card was taped together. I think you really need to give them a break in general because the original card they had in the first place just have fell apart. So they had to scramble a lot. Mm-hmm. So to expect a wild amount of changes, we the swerve and uh and lead match was added kind of last minute, you know, if you see what I'm trying to say for a buy-in spot. So, you know, they were scrambling. I don't really look at it as something that was, like, done on purpose or anything that that symbolizes anything. We see what they're building. We have people of color all through AEW doing a lot of prominent things mm-hmm. uh, all the time. So I don't I don't really – I don't necessarily think this is a fair criticism here, but I, I would like to hear what you guys think. I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, this, this may be down to my own sort of thoughts and opinions on it. However – I don't define person of color as black people. Person of yeah, color that's true too. is a different race. First of all, Max Caster was also on the show and Anthony Bowens also that's was there. Yep. So you can't deny mm-hmm. that it's just Wervin Lee. Secondly, yep. you had a plethora of people from different cities in Japan uh, as yes, part yep, of these yep, shows. Exactly. Okay, they are people of color too. We had a Bulgarian. We had uh, some uh, mm-hmm. someone from... Uh, I mean, Kenta was still here. You know, you, we we actually had like you know a, a, a match, a match that is literally depicting people from different countries. You know, persons of color yeah. literally represent not just black people, but people from different race and religions. You know, it's what is what other what every individual believes. But I do not mm-hmm. define people of color as black people. That's not how exactly. I look at things. So for me, I didn't see any form of issue when it came down to race. Um, I do think that if they pushed too many black people into it, black wrestlers into matches just because they wanted to get the minority then out they're going to get called out for this. I would have picked up on that even more and been like, we got no build-up, no stories for these people. Are you just putting them in because they're black? And then that would have been even more of a, a, a slap in the face because you're just sho- shoving them in because you're like, oh, we need more black people. So, you know, it needs to make sense. You know, don't put people in just because of their uh, in a match just because of their their race or their color you know mm-hmm. um so that, that that's my thoughts on it though yeah like i said that that's 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 kind of you know it's, it's good to hear because the, the thing is about as well is i'm sure you know people it's weird that they listen to the podcast and talk about it you know but it's even when they oh well you, you hear it in conversation for other people whatever it is you know, talking about oh, the the white man now is kind of the dying breed, and oh, on television, and there's the whole thing. Even like Ms. Marvel recently, and, and my mindset is, well, yeah. if you don't want to watch the new stuff, you've got seventy fucking years of television, <laughs> film, theatre, whatever else you want to go and watch. Right. You know, if you don't like, don't fucking watch it. Um, which again. <laughs> You know, personally, for for myself, I work. Uh, my my role uh, 
does also depict a lot of equality and diversity conversations. So I do have a lot of conversations that may be classed as uncomfortable to have, um, but it's important to talk about these things. However, it, there's a difference between accus- uh, accusations and discussions, you know, and you just got to think of it from from different points of view. This isn't just because we, we, we are in sort of an, an era where we are looking more at sort of uh, the minorities and what and how and how they've been treated, whether it be in work or or outside of work, doesn't mean that we should be looking at each role, each match, and being like, right, we don't have a black person in here, so we need to put a black person in there. We don't have a Chinese person here, so we need to put a Chinese person in here. It's not how it works. It is based off of talent, but it's all about equality, and it's just about making sure that everyone's given a chance at that at this current moment in time in terms of the build-up for this forbidden door event there was just not much on in terms of storyline that in, involved many person uh, black persons but there was a whole other country that was being introduced with its form of wrestling being introduced too so i can't really see it as oh they were just right, white still bad. yeah right. yeah, yeah. Uh, and i think the thing is to say there isn't an issue is just it's just got Found it where it is, like you said, to discuss it and to talk about it, and hopefully, you know, like-minded people, open-minded people, you know, can actually right. have a proper discussion. But this is what worries me. It's even with you know women's rights now, and even you know professional wrestling aside, and whether it is, don't really touch yeah. that conversation. But you're thinking, so it's anybody then that isn't kind of like I said, white male in charge. And I hate to say it, right. but it just seems that the, the proof is in the pudding, guys. And even doesn't like me saying that, just just check history. You know, it's yeah. very on, fucking bro. simple. Um, and if you don't know, there's a crazy old fucking white man in charge of WWE at this moment in time riding it through the hell. <laughs> so don't, right. <laughs> don't say they don't exist. Exactly. Right. So we had to address all that, but we're glad people enjoyed the live show. There's no doubt. Yeah, we appreciate all of your comments and we do take, uh, you know, any constructive criticism as well, but also just kind of be prepared if you're going to be listening in on us that you are kind of getting our opinions. So I'm sorry if they offend you, but um, we do our best to be impartial and kind of look at it from an overall wrestling fan's point of view. I think that's excellent. Right, so let's start with some wrestling. June 26th, then, the Forbidden Door, and we begin with the buy-in and Excalibur, Kevin Kelly and Taz on commentary. Uh, the first match with QT Marshall and Aaron Solo versus Hirokui Gotu and Yoshihashi. Uh, and, of course, Solo and Marshall were the hills in this. So this was a fast-paced match, some good action uh, but not a lot of selling. It felt like we were just moving from spot to spot at times. Goto and Yoshihashi scored the win to uh, start things off. Uh, Jaxi, what did you think of this open? I thought it was a fun way to start. Um, yeah, I thought it just kind of was like, it was quite a fun way to sort of uh, enter into the buy-in. Um, I thought it was, uh, it kind of did its thing. I, I was really intrigued watching Goto and Hashi really liked their their um unison when working together uh sort of thing you could really see the trust built between the two um so it was a fun match for me yeah i completely agree chaos did really well and QT is good hill him trying to 450 was either crazy or impressive i did tell you james QT is the greatest jobber out there (laughs) really really what would you score that out of five to start us off 
I mean, I, I thought the match was great um, and it showcased Goto and Hashi well. So I'm going to give it like a three and a half. Yeah. Uh, Monty, what about you? What do you think of uh, Chaos? You're more custom to these guys, obviously. Yeah, yeah. They've been teaming up for a while. Like, uh, they won Tag League uh, over the last two years uh, once and they, they're former IWGP World Tag Champion. So I kind of know what to expect from them in the ring. And like you said, they're really, really good in unison. And Yoshihashi has stepped his game up. It was so cool to hear a Yoshihashi chant in America. Like, you could tell this crowd, you could tell this was the crowd that sold this place out and you know, in a record pace <laughs> because they were into it from the jump. And uh, so I thought this was all solid. Like you said, this is what I'm kind of used to, to set up and kind of get you ready for the show. No Japan love running tag to protect their wrestlers. So uh, this was like another like textbook New Japan tag match to me. And like you said, QT was very, very fun in his role. So I thought the goal was accomplished here, man. I gave it three and a half stars also. Yeah, you talk about though the crowd was hot for this one, and it felt special. Uh, whilst we're there. what do you think of the commentary choice? Because I think uh, when I saw Kevin Kelly, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I thought it was genius. I, I really loved it, and I loved Taz's inclusion also because he kind of wrestled uh, a Japanese wrestling style. So he kind of you know he talked about he did a really good job going back and forth with Kevin Kelly, and of course Ed Caliber. Uh, was going to be there because he's also been doing an awesome job this entire build of trying to keep everybody up to date as best he can uh, with the hectic pace they they send everything at him. So I thought it was cool, and I didn't mind having the other people coming in with the, like a revolving door, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I thought it worked really nice, uh, actually, as the night went on. But I love that Kevin Keller was here because I think he ex- helped explain a lot for people who had no clue about the New Japan talent. Yeah. And oh, he um, yeah. I, I also think as well, um, and this is something that Gina pointed out that I thought was quite good, is that um, when it came to sort of the commentators and sort of them, uh, you know, kind of dipping in and out, I thought it worked really well. You know, we all know that JR is suffering quite a bit uh, with illness and stuff. Um, so to know that, you know, they're giving breaks in between and switching around, I think that works well. It just means we get, you know, um, a, multi- uh, a multiple different uh viewpoint um from different commentators but i also agree that i really enjoyed uh having kevin kelly on commentary he knows a lot about the japanese wrestlers and so for you know someone like me who's not very accustomed to it i thought he did really well in explaining kind of history background uh you know in wrestling and and just kind of what these wrestlers have been through yeah and it's and crazy. their current storylines too he kept their current mm. storylines relevant also which was kind of a great way to kind of lead people into watching new japan afterwards and how giddy he was to be there. He was so happy. Yes. You know? And what I liked, <laughs> even towards the end, obviously, he was getting into the AEW storylines. He was going, oh, don't forget, you know, this, this right. <laughs> Kevin, it's not your job. It's crazy to think, like, <laughs> 25 years ago, he was doing Raw, you know, with JR and <laughs> being called her a right. Maphrodite by The Rock a couple of years later, you know, like, that, that's me. insane, dude, you know. <laughs> Um, but yeah. that, I enjoyed that three and a half. Gina, what would you score out of five? Um, I would give it like a three and a half. I thought it was okay. Yeah, no, I enjoyed that as well. So we're going to get on to the AW prediction league, and at the moment, the scores: Gina and Monty haven't got a win yet. Uh, Jack's on one, and I'm a lead with two. 
But like I said, it's a point on the line today. Predictions, we all went chaos. So it is 1-0 to everyone. And poll-wise, 82% uh, for the faces there. And then up next, I fucking hate when WWE used to do it. And AEW did it. They chucked a match that we didn't know. Lance Archer mm-hmm. versus Nick Carotto. Oh, yeah. Um they didn't have a ton of work, uh, take time of time to work. But then again, they only probably found out about the match about five minutes beforehand. Arch was able to pick up the win with a blackout finisher and a little bit of a jodgy spot on top but to get the job done. Uh, again, Monty, what do you think of Archer? Because it's like when New Japan is sniffing around and like, oh, no, he's a big deal in AEW. Right. Yeah, it's exactly. It's true. He's a different, he's a completely different animal in New Japan. Like, I promise, like, in New Japan, the crowds are, like, all afraid of him. He's a big, big psycho. Like, he's, it's crazy how different his presentation has been in AEW. And uh, some of that is due to a lot of times that they kind of just let him lose, lose in these situations and not look so dominating. But in New Japan, oh, my God, he's a different type of monster. He's going to be in the big man block. So I didn't mind the match, even though I was, you know, I'm just like you. I don't like these uh, you know, last minute just additions, uh, you know, but I didn't mind it because it sounded like as they continued on, this was a showcase for Archer because they knew he was going into the G1. So I, I accepted that and I gave it three and a quarter. Uh, and, but it's a shame, you know, we don't see Camarado enough to even give him a chance in new situations. He's a big guy. So, you, you know, you want to give him a shot against another big guy, but not really. I could just picture case. JR's copy of just going, that's a big hoss. You know, his big guy's got potential. If he put yeah. everything together, that big man, could, you know, just... Um, <laughs> Jackson, what, right, do you, I, what do you think? I must admit, though, um, when... And this isn't meant to offend uh, Lance Archer, but when you see him on AEW, he doesn't quite get the same pop as what he did when he came out um, during this showing. Uh, so... It was quite interesting to see, and and you know both men went hard, but I do agree with you guys. I I, I got a little annoyed <laughs> that this match was like just impromptly added. First of all, because I was like, well, neither of us are going to get any fucking points for this now, are we? But, <laughs> and you know, I'm competitive. I want to win at this shit. But secondly, I was like, why couldn't you have let us know this beforehand? Yeah. You know, to hype it up even more on our podcast, but also to kind of like really give both wrestlers a decent chance at you know announcing it so other people can know that they're on they're being featured so yeah it was a bit annoying but the match itself was good yeah well that said the email that i got afterwards as well of like you did forget this match during it it's like we were doing it fucking live that how close can we do it well we just had an announcement social media whilst we were on this live (laughs) podcast so sorry dudes oh, uh, what would you score that out of five anyway i'm gonna give it a three just because of it was very impromptu. but that being said if we could have chosen i would have gone with lance archer as the winner yeah uh gina what would you score that out of five um i also gave it a three um not that it was really bad for me at all but because i didn't know about it i wasn't as invested in it so it was like toilet break territory a little bit for me, uh, a three. I, I cannot wait for Archer versus Jonah in the G1. That is going to be something special. Uh, yeah, three <laughs> yes, for me. Uh, predictions and polls, non-applicable because they hate us. Uh, <laughs> Mini Adam Page was interviewed. Clark Connors 
meaning business here tonight. And then we had Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee facing Yoshinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado. Uh, Swerve and Lee spent more time on the defense than offense. And the announcer made sure to mention their recent communication issues as a possible reason. And he even showed a clip from, I think, Dark, which I didn't know they were having problems. I think, Jackson, you mentioned it. And I was like, oh, actually, are miscommunicate. It wasn't just a battle royal thing. Uh, but obviously, we're not seeing that on yeah. Dynamite. It's a bit of a shame. Uh, mm. But looked like Swerve and Desperado were the stars of this match. And the best exchange out of a different possible combinations. Last few minutes were the best part of this. Lee and Swerve were able to skew the win for Hobbs and Starks. Taunted them from the crowd. Um, so, I will say, Gina... What do you think of the match and three minutes of screen time for Ricky Starks? What are we going to do about it? It's absolutely criminal, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I think that AEW <laughs> need to hurry up and do this tag match between uh, Swerve and Lee with Hobson Starks because it's been going on a while now. So I think they just need to hurry up and get to this match now. Um, I wasn't that disappointed because I wasn't expecting to see Starks on the show at all anyway, so it was a nice little yeah, surprise. Yeah, I screamed my ear off. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't prepared to see him. I had to check myself in the mirror like he was there. Um, <laughs> no, it, was, it, was, it was good. It was a good match, and I was entertained throughout. Part of me was, are we still kind of planning on on the turn between and Lee. Um, I'm glad we're not doing that because I think they're stronger as a tag team right now and in terms of singles runs, I don't think that with with the amount of talent we have in AEW, they've got any kind of scope in the, in the singles at the moment. So I think they should just remain as a tag. Um, but it was a good match either way. And I just hope Ricky more more time rather than, you know, a little slot on Rampage this, this week. Well, like I said, we've been waiting for that match for the longest time, kind of. Uh, and it's weird we talk about Swerve and Lee because these two could be main event talent. We talked about it when they were in NXT or WWE, and now it's even weirder. It's like, well, AW's so stacked, they're just going to have to wait their turn. So, what? <laughs> it's just kind of the same thing now. Do you know what I mean? It's really, really odd. Uh, speaking yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. Odds, it's just that. Yeah, Desperado's one strange guy. <laughs> yeah, definitely like interesting. <laughs> it was really interesting to see him. I didn't know what to make. I liked it. I mean, oh, whisk, he's awesome, whisky on the way to the ring, Monty. That thing that he normally does is it with whisky? The splits. He... Oh, the oh, whisky. Conor Morrow. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. The Satoris. Yes, Conor Morrow Satoris surprise. It literally has a name. That's one. Of, he is called the heel master for that reason. He spits liquor in his opponent's faces uh, uh, when need be. They won plenty of championships with the way they almost won this match uh, with that false finish. They just wrestled so smart, man, too, in this match. Uh, they they went after. I told you guys they're not ready for anybody. Keith Lee size, right? But what did they do? They take out his legs like just so smart, and they brought him down to their side and actually were believable for a second. So I thought they got a good chance. I thought they had a good, did a good time uh, showing that they are an awesome team. But yes, he brings the liquor out for every match, and Despy does the splits uh, for every entrance. So All right. yes, that's, I was that, wondering. That's that. what they do. I was wondering, <laughs> and the other thing as well. I don't know if it's me, but Keith Lee. I don't know what's what it is with him at this moment in time, and it might be just my opinion on it. But I just feel 
he's not giving everything. Yeah, and I might be wrong, but just even in this matchup, you know, I mean, we did get the first uh, holy shit moment though with Swerve's foot stomp on Desperado whilst he <laughs> hung on the ropes, which is good. But awesome. Uh, I, I may be wrong. Uh, Gina, what would you score that out of five? Um, I'll give it a four, but that is slightly biased because I got a little clip of my man at the end. <laughs> uh, Monty, what about you? Oh, no, I don't feel bad. I'm in the same boat, man. This is excellent stuff for me. I gave it four stars. This is an early highlight, man. That, that last sequence, like you like you, you said, the the double stomp, but like he, he did like a leg sweep before that, then he thrust mm. kicked, and then he did a double stomp. Like the whole sequence was insane to finish off that match. So I just thought it was awesome. And I thought New Japan still looked good, even though they were junior heavyweights in there with Keith Lee. And so I really was impressed by it. So I, it really, you know, left a positive impression on me. Four stars. Jack Lee? Yeah, I'm going to give it a four as well. I actually really enjoyed the match. Like you guys said, I agree. It really did pick up towards the end. And I just feel like uh, not just Desperado, but we're really shone in that match. Like it really made me sort of like intrigued to see him, you know, get a bit higher. I think he really needs a push. Like every time this man is in a ring, he's like making making me just be like, oh, my gosh. Like he's he's so talented. I want to see him more. So, um, yeah, four. Yeah, I'm going to give it three and three quarters out of five. Uh, Really, really good stuff. Predictions all swerve in our glory. So we are all two to zero against, well, nobody at the moment. Uh, Polls swerve 65%. The final buy-in match was an eight-man tag bout with Max Caster and the Gun Club taking on Yuri Yamura, Alex Coughlin, the DKC and Kevin Knight. Austin and Colton end up running backstage to look for Danhausen after he talked them from the big screen. And this allowed the NJPW stars to get an early four-on-two advantage. What could possibly go wrong? Well, Caster and Billy were able to get some offense here. It wasn't much in the underdogs, but soon as Billy's kids ditched them. However, Caster and Billy were able to make a comeback and get the win with the mic drop. Um, but every time I see this team, I just think, ass boys, <laughs> I just can't <laughs> help it. And Shibata's balls as well. Um, Jaxie, what did you think of this match? I mean, I think it was just quite a bit of fun. Personally, I would have probably put uh, Keith Lee and Swerve's match as the main event and had that um, sort of like end the buy-in go- leading into the pay-per-view. I didn't hate this match though. I thought it was good. It needed to do. It, it did what it needed to do. I'm just a bit bitter because that was my first loss. Mm. Yes, yes, it was. He was right. I hate saying it, but he was. Uh, I will say Knight's vertical leap is incredible. The way he hits the drop, I've seen him on strong doing here. And Alex is one of yeah. my hidden gems. I love the mustache, but again, he's got so much incredible strength and i didn't think in 2022 in the forbidden door billy gunn would look as good as he has done in decades uh <laughs> the match built around father and son and billy's hot tag uh was fantastic uh i'm gonna give that a three and a half out of five uh jackson what would you score that yeah i i gave it a three and a half uh gina I also went with well. I put three and three quarters. Uh, Although I'm mad that I've that lot. 
Yeah, I thought this was fine, you know, uh, and I, I gave it three stars. Uh, like you said, once Billy got, got in there and kind of destroyed everybody, it really kind of got me on my seat. That was very, very nice to see. And, it, again, I remember Billy as being big, but I guess it's really good to put it in perspective just how big Billy has always been when you watch him in the ring with some of the talent that wrestles now. Like, man, he's always just huge. But, yeah, he was definitely bigger than these kids. That's what was, you know, you talk about, you know, people changing the industry and, you know, different wrestlers coming through. Shawn Michaels was small at 6'1", you know, when you think about it. <laughs> right, exactly. Now. Um, but, uh, no, like I said, really, really fun stuff. Uh, but every time I hear Dojo, I will think losers. Uh, Monty did go to Gun Club, <laughs> the rest went Dojo. So Monty takes a lead. Uh, three what happened, Monty? Three to two to two to two. He is the new Japan expert. All right, let's you yeah. know. Put uh, wise, fifty-one percent ass boys, and we move on to the main card. I was expecting an opening video, or Monty. How about a new Japan style hype of matches? How good would that have been? Yeah, it would have been nice. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Even the king of sports, you know, or, or saying all that, just to yeah. But as you will notice, I think they really was they really heard people complain about the last show because they were moving like you could just tell they were they were on to the next match. Come on, let's get this over. You know, they were not doing all of that. You know, dragging that happened in the last uh, pay per view. Without a shadow of a doubt, we got straight on to it. We did have Justin Roberts and the New Japan uh, ring announcer there as well. Judas was sung, but Nerora Suzuki was loved by the fans, giving a loud reaction and singing part of his song. Part of the song were they singing? Kaza Ni Nare which I think is like translate to Lonely, Lonely Warrior or something like that. But it's, it's, just, it's a nice part that goes into the song. Everyone chants it when they were allowed to in Japan. So I have to see my translation right. I could be completely wrong. But either way it goes, Kaza Ninoe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I love it. But every time I do it, I always get the words wrong. It doesn't matter. It ends up being like, Nazi, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. No matter, no matter what. <laughs> it's, it's good stuff. Um but a baby face team with uh, Shota Umino making his AEW debut. And they show a clip where Jericho slapped uh, Shooter, who is the son of Red Shoes referee. And Jericho gave him the walls of Jericho. You could tell it was years ago because Jericho had his <laughs> little pants that we've not seen in a, in a long, time. long, long time. Um, of course, Look how small Shota was back then, though. <laughs> also, totally well, different guy about to come through this country. <laughs> Well, really, Yusuf was the Ring of Honor pure champion. They're just reminding us of that. And Eddie Kingston, of course, got a massive reaction leading um, to this six-man contest. Jericho, Sammy Carrera, Suzuki, Chris Kingston, Utah, and Umino. And I'll tell you what, I was not expecting this. This match was a fight 
from the moment the bell rang. They barely tried to use tags and make this a traditional bout within the first few minutes. Everyone eventually settled in their corners and started obeying the rules. Well, saying that, that is a bit of a stretch. Uh, Conti interfered by hitting Umino with a bat, but it barely slowed him down. It took several super kicks from Guevara and a headbutt from Suzuki to get him to release a Boston Crab on Jericho. Sweet revenge. And when the dust settled, Jericho hit the Judas effect on Umino to get the win. Uh, but I am not giving this kind of justice at this moment in time because you had the crowds on their feet with consecutive German just to start, you know. Um, and Shooter, what a star. Monty, this was everything we could hope it could be. It surpassed what I was hoping for. Yes, definitely. Uh, and also, it was long-term storytelling. Like I said, with that old Wrestle Kingdom footage of of that fateful night, and, you know, Shoulder's been on excursion for a while in Revolution Pro, you know, just, you know, picking up his craft, which is where the young lions go after they're graduated from the school. They go and they travel and work with other promotions. So you can just see all the work he's been putting into his body and, uh, and like the way he wrestled here, man, he showed, like you said, so much heart. This match was all about showcasing Shota and Yuta, like you said. And I really loved that that Suzuki, Jericho, and even Sammy Guevara. You got Sammy Guevara also got a little bit of shine also. But I really think they all tried their best, Eddie Kingston too, to just make the young guys look awesome here. So uh, this was just fun, man. And uh, he's to see where Shota is at. And to see how popular he is already over in the States and all that. And he hasn't even made his debut or his return to New Japan. So the future is very, very bright for Shooter. So, uh, yeah, this is great. Yeah, this this was, was what a fucking opener was one of my notes. And I wouldn't mind watching a 10-minute chopping match with Suzuki and Eddie. Because, because, like, Suzuki looked like a menace too and I just love that because everyone needs to know he is a sadistic old man this is what he does, he causes pain and, I, and Kingston is a psycho also so that was just awesome and I would look, like you said, I, I wrote that down please give me Suzuki and Kingston one on one at some point Yeah, they were just chopping the fuck out of each other weren't they Jaxie? Yeah, I mean, I, like I had a note written that down next to this that it said, "Don't fuck with Suzuki. He looks like a yakuza." So clearly, <laughs> like the way he came out, maybe felt like he should be like heading up one of the members of the yakuza family or something. You know, like I definitely was like, don't want to get on the wrong end of the stick with him. Seeing him and Eddie like chop off with one another was one of the most entertaining ways to open up a pay per view event. Uh, I, I definitely agree with Monty. I'll throw my money at it. Give me a one-on-one match between these two because it was amazing. But I was so impressed with Shota. Uh, I was like, who is this guy? I was so excited watching him go. He had so much potential. And I really enjoyed listening to Kevin Kelly kind of give us a lot of a rundown about Shota and about, right. you know, the fact that Je- he's got this so- sort of issue with Jericho or Jericho's got an issue with him. So it kind of made me get a little bit excited in thinking, are we going to see more between Shota and Jericho? And again, we'll, 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 get, we'll definitely be going, touching on this a, a hell of a lot further um, as the matches go on. But I was just left reeling, wanting to see more of Shota. So I think they did really well. And like, like Monty said as well, I just want to point out, um, Weeder Utah in the ring was just in his element. I loved hearing the pop he was getting from the crowd. I think he's getting really over with the crowd. Um, he's definitely winning me over. He just improves continuously in the ring. And I just felt that aggression. I felt that um, since he's joined the the combat club, 
that there's just so much more of a fire in him. And it just leaves me excited to see his next match, you know? So, yeah, I was really impressed with this opening match. Even with Suzuki and Jericho in it, and all respect to them as kind of workers and what they've done, to be this bloody enjoyable was a miracle. <laughs> like, it was, like, the young guys were just fire throughout. Uh, I gave it a four and a quarter out of five. Jaxie, what do you score it? Uh, I gave it a four and a quarter. Uh, Gina? Yeah, I gave it a four and a half. I was really impressed. And it was really helpful for me, who isn't um, big on the New Japan scene, to see that pre- the previous clip between Jericho and Shota because I then already knew going into this match there was more beef between those two as well. So mm. it was really nice to see that from like a, a new New Japan fan, I guess. Mm. Um, so yeah, I gave it a four and a half. Shota really impressed me. And I'd seen Suzuki in a couple of matches on AEW already and he impressed me then. So I already knew I was going to get a wicked match from him here. So four and a half is definitely worth it. Yeah, that Monty. This was uh, incredible. It was chaos. Like a lot of their six mans in New Japan can't get with all the action going on at the same time. Shoulder looked relentless. I thought no one came away from this situation looking like a loser. And they added heat going into blood and guts. This is incredible work. Four and a quarter. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Set the bar extraordinarily high. I've got to say the buy-in. It's probably one of the best buy-ins AEW has done because there was no True. fucking around. To cut the promos, but like it's a straight into matches, makes that mm-hmm. hour fly by. And even, Gene, I think you mentioned you can either go and make yourself a sandwich or, you know, a cup of tea during a match and not really miss a lot, you know, in, in a way, because you're thinking, right, we can sit down, watch your main card. Then it starts with this, and you're just like, fuck me. Uh, <laughs> we Prediction-wise, we all went in the hills. Uh, so Monty's in the lead, four, three, three, three. Poll-wise, the sex gods got 53%. And up next, I mean, this came earlier than expected, but I'm not complaining. The Ring of Honor and IWGP tag titles on the line with Pongi Vice versus United Empathizers FTR. And Dax Harwood and Trent Beretta started as illegal men. Uh, so Jeff Cobb and Khan had to sit on the sidelines at first. A few minutes into the match, Harwood was escorted to the back. Uh, so it looked like he'd suffered an injury. When he returned, his shoulder was wrapped up. Not a real injury or adding to the matchup, um, but he went hard. This match had a lot of moving parts, and so they had to improvise, I guess, due to what happened with Harwood. But it never felt like any team was contributing less than the others. After several close calls, FTR was able to win and had their third set of tag titles to their collection. And yes, they are uh, seven time champs now Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, AAA, Ring of Honor. WGP. What an accomplishment. Uh, Gina, what do you think of this match? I thought this match was so, so good. I just, there were so many different spots that there's just too many to choose out from to single out. I think if you haven't seen this match, you really need to go, go and see it. It's just one of those ones that I just couldn't take my eyes off the screen. Every, every time I blinked, something else was happening. And it just kept you on your toes and showed you that you were really in for a, a really good um, pay-per-view event. Um, I was impressed by all of the teams as well. It, it really it really just opened up my eyes in terms of the, the New Japan tag team 
as well. And I was just like, shit, if these guys are this good, then how good are others, you know? So definitely was happy with the result of this match, though. Yeah, without doubt. I mean, I, again, Jeff Cobb, I don't know if he's related to Rhino in any way, but he gives him a run for his money in wit. He's not. He does, not he? He does. He just... The width of that man's chest is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought yeah. I'd say that in a sentence. That's what I'm going to see now. That's what I'm going to see. But it really was. And I'll tell you something else, right? You know, talk about technical wrestlers, what it is. No, give me Great O'Khan. The man is a legend. And I know <laughs> that word gets used a lot, right? But just for social media, he is gold. <laughs> Right, just, just for that. Anybody doesn't know, follow him. He's a legend. Yeah. But his his bumping around made me laugh out loud <laughs> the way he was doing. And then the other thing that made me howl with laughter was when they weren't being tagged in. Uh, he didn't care. He was just leaning against that ring post, yeah. just chilling out. It's like, could you be better? <laughs> how how long? I want greater Carl in my life, Monty. That's what I'm asking you. Has he always been this cool? <laughs> and he's a real-life fucking hero. Right. So, like, he, you know, he's one, another one of those guys who around the time I was watching Shota Umino uh, as a young lion, Oda was also a young lion. Uh, well, that was his formula. Uh, it's what he used to go by before he went by the great Okan. And, you know, he, he, he just, I don't know what happened. He came off an excursion with this new character, it's definitely completely different. His interest is like unlike anything else in New Japan. He he does he makes weird noises when he wrestles. He does the Mongolian chops. Like he's just he's it, this is what I love the most about him. He's not afraid to be completely different from anything you've ever seen before. And there's not that many wrestlers out here. There's a lot of wrestlers out here who are, you know, just carbon copies of a lot of things we've already seen. Rado Khan is like nothing you've ever seen before. Please check out check out more of his work. The work he's done over the last few years, he's only getting more comfortable, uh, James. That's the thing. Like oh, he's, he, just, he's still he's new. Gold. He's not he, but he has figured out exactly what he want, what he want to do. And him being in the United Empire with Will Ospreay, with the, uh, Jeff Cobb, he is he's the one who speaks for them in Japan. And he, oh my goodness, if you ever get a chance to watch any of the comments translated and subtitles, just listen to his promo. <laughs> he's just an absolute legend, the way he talks to people. He's been this way from the start, James, and uh, like I said, he's only getting started. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, he's he just he's money for me. I just could watch him all day long. Um, but we'll go to scores here. Uh, I thought this was good. There was a referee blunder in this, so I will score it a four. Um, Jaxi, what will you score this? And also, I always think about FTR. They've got to be top five good guys in the entire wrestling world right now. I mean, hell yeah. Like, you know, this is coming from personal experience, but when FTR were, was it the Revival? Mm-hmm. Was that their name in WWE? Yeah. Yeah. It was, wasn't it? Yes. I, I, I must admit, I'd never seen them on NXT. I only got back into wrestling, like I said, uh, when it came to the female uh, Royal Rumble in 2018. So I missed a lot of sort of um, runs in NXT before they came up to the main roster. So for me, I, I always remember thinking when I saw the revival, they're, they're, such, they're just a joke team, you know? They're, they're just a joke team. They, they don't have anything special. Oh my gosh, has AEW proved me wrong since actually them getting... Uh, hold of FTR they are so incredibly awesome 
They've got so much talent. Um, and I was just really excited at the prospect of them kind of being three, three, three way champs in three different promotions. And I was like, I need to watch all three promotions just to see their matches. You know, uh, they've just left me feeling very sort of, I didn't know how anyone was going to top that because I was really on a hype when they won. So um, yeah, it was a really great match. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I gave it a four and a half. Yeah. I will say with that as well, you know, it's, it's interesting, like, we had double or nothing last month, and of course, you know, with AW pay-per-views, you get less than WWE, but, you know, you've got the Forbidden Door this month as well, Ring of Honor pay-per-view next month, and then you look, maybe just, you know, you're paying, well, Monty definitely, it's like $50 a month trying to watch just AEW stuff, so it's interesting, it's not oversaturation, because obviously it's working at this moment in time. Uh, and like I said, it was an enjoyable match. Gina, what would you score that? Um, I would give that a four and a half as well. I really enjoyed it. Monty, what about you? Yeah, man, I, I, it turned into an incredible match, man. Uh, I thought the the way uh, the injury spot played out kind of put doubts in your head for FTR, so it actually added pressure and it even made not only the United Empire but Rapongi Vice seem like more of a threat. And there was plenty of little spots in there where I thought, they had a chance to win. So I thought everybody did good. I gave it four and a quarter. Uh, all good stuff there. Predictions we all went FTR. So it's still Monty in the lead. Five, four, four, four. Poll wise, FTR 88%. Uh, United Empire 12%. Uh, it means the Pongi Vice got nil point. There was a backstage. Makes sense. I tell you something, because well, I've been worked by Japan. Because I thought that juice thing was like, oh, this is little bit of gossip and I was like they fucking got me because Juice Robinson's there with the US right. title and I'm like you bastards we talk about a backstage interview alongside Juice Robinson was the world champ Jay White uh, he said it will be Cole Page and the card on the same night at the same time and he said it's a switchblade era and it is just too sweet like I said Juice mixing real life and work He's got me twice this year because he was going to retire from New Japan, Monty, weren't he, mm-hmm. earlier in the year and then shows up part <laughs> of the Bullet Club. He keeps fucking me. <laughs> He's a liar. Well, he did it. He He's pulled the Mark Henry. <laughs> uh, I mean, what's the bit, What's the quickest way to try to not be a babyface after you've been a babyface for a long time? Start lying to the fans. Yeah. Blatantly. Just I'm, lying. Su- I'm such a mark. Do you know? I really am. <laughs> can't help myself uh we move on to the aw all atlantic championship pack versus malachi black versus miro versus clark connors and black and pack paired up to fight while miro took on connors but those pairings did not last forever which saw them begin to switch and work together at times to take out the bigger threat this match had a little bit of everything without anything feeling out of place. That's the usual stuff you expect from a four-man contest, but the skill the four-man involved helped make it feel a little bit more improvised than maybe some matches where they're kind of waiting for the spots. Connor's got a huge pop when he put Miro through a table with his spear. The crowd charted his name for a bit, but Pac taking him out put a stop to that after hitting Black. 50, Packlock Connors in a brutalizer to win his very first championship in AEW. Uh, and I will say um, it's not Millie Adam Page anymore. It is Clark Connors. Um, Jaxie, what do you think of this? <laughs> I mean, it, it it was a great match. It, it was just like, it was full, 
Oh, God. I, I just don't even know where to begin with this match. <laughs> um, I think that everyone had such great spots. I have to actually give a shout out to the sort of teamed up attack that they did on Miro. Um, you know, like kind of getting him out into the uh, uh, onto the uh, ground outside of the mat. And then Clark Connors coming in with that massive like spear into the table and stuff. It was like a great spot. Uh, I'm really kind of showcased Clark well because... You know, throughout part of the match, I'm there going, um, Clark Connor's just getting beat on, man. Like, are you sure he should have been added to this match? Um, it also kind of made me miss the fact that we did not get Ishii and Miro facing off. Mm. Oh, God, that would have been so fucking awesome. However, I hope that we will get that one-on-one at some point. Um, but Clark Connors, he really got like a great reception, especially when he kind of went on his run. Um, and that intrigues me to him more because then we actually got to see a bit of like his strengths, his talent. Um, and, you know, he he's definitely one that w- went in the underdog and probably came out with a lot more respect from the fans um, that maybe didn't know him. So I definitely think it was good. But I have to actually just preach that the first ever early uh, champ is from the UK. I couldn't have been prouder. No, without a doubt. And let me talk about that. Even the story in a match where Connor's not even be able to get two punches in a row against Miro at the start. To be able to put him mm. through a table was enough accomplishment. You know, he, yeah. <laughs> we thought he's been putting there to take the pin. It was like, fucking taking Miro out. Fair play. It's not going to end Definitely. well for you. But <laughs> I mean, if, if Clark Connors wasn't on the phone to his mum after that match, being like, Mum, did you see that? I mean, I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, just don't watch the end, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> again, Miro's, well, Miro was the crowd's choice, I think. Uh, but like you said, Jax, it's great to see Pac finally get his moment. Uh, what yeah. did you score that out of five? I mean, I gave it a four and three quarters. I really enjoyed this match. And I was just, I, I might be biased, but I was screaming the place down when Pac won. I'm so pleased for him. He deserves the title. He deserves a title run. And I'm just glad that someone's acknowledging his talent because he's so extremely talented. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Gina, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I I gave it a four and a half, but I kind of want to say four and three quarters now because remembering this match it was just so good all four of them really impressed me including Clark again I didn't really have that much of an investment in him but I will remember him after this match because he really made a statement um love seeing Miro as well but just seeing Pat versus Malachi Black always excites me always always excites me and I'm just so excited that Pat got it like my sister said he deserves the title run and I hope he has a nice long run with this belt, for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. Monty? This match was incredible, man. And what I think the true genius of this match is is that everyone who we all knew, like Pac, Miro, Malachi, the people that we knew, still looked awesome in the match, like looked like badasses in the match, and they looked like badass after this also. And then they also found the time to not only keep all of them looking good, to elevate Clark Connors in the eyes of many and like seeing tweets and seeing so many people talk about, oh my God, I love that this Clark Connors kid. Oh my God, he's special. Seeing all those people, you know, start to talk about it on social media while this was live going on for me was really one of the things that really made this stick out to me and made it really special. Uh, and 
Also, once again, to remind you guys just how important these these, these uh, picks going into these shows are, I was so pissed at Melakai for using the miss on Miro. Oh my god, I screamed at my computer. I just, I was, I felt like if he weren't gonna tap there, I was, I knew he wouldn't win it. So when when Melakai did it, I was like, God damn it! But I was so happy. I, was, I had mixed feelings. I'm like, Pac, Def, Pat deserved it. Like no one deserved it more. Like I get it. I have no problem with that. So I was happy to be wrong here. But man, I was so pissed at that moment. <laughs> four and a quarter, though. I give it four and a quarter. This is awesome, man. Well, yeah, we have to mention it. Um, <laughs> this, you can see what it meant to Pack. That's what I like the most. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah. He was fired up. Definitely. Uh, but uh, like I said, predictions, we all went Pack apart from Monty. So how's that change? Well, everybody now is on five. So it's five. It's to a dumb everyone. American. Twelve. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I'd, like, I'd like to think that you should trust us Brits a little bit more often, Monty. <laughs> <laughs> well, <I'll> see. <laughs> poll, Miro came out on top with 37, Black with 34, Pack with 29, so it's pretty close. Clark with zero, so maybe that will change next right. time. Aww. <laughs> but to be fair, I can see that why no one probably like went for Clark just because he was a last minute add in, so I doubt that many people really thought he had much chance at winning. <laughs> yeah, people, you know, should be on the Twitter going, Did you mean like Ishi? No, no, they changed it already, don't worry. Uh we've got <laughs> the Bullet Club versus the dudes with attitudes. Now can I say I love the name dudes with attitudes? You know, it just works in so many ways and even i think it was kevin kelly explaining the the origin no tony Schiavone explaining how far back it went with that name as well yeah joined the commentary like i said a revolving door of people i think tony only come out here to just say it's sting even he mentioned that (laughs) (laughs) that's that's what he gets paid for uh but we get the young bucks and al fantasmo taking on sting derby Allen and shingo takaki in the trios with nothing but pride on the line. But as the Bullet Club came out, we had no Sting. And then Sting, of course, this is a pay-per-view, had to die. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, you know, I would ask for my money back if 61-year-old Sting didn't dive off something on a big pay-per-view <laughs> show. So, and he's always more or less safe, too. Like, there's nothing scary yet. You know what I mean? He's always hit the mark. <laughs> yeah but like still my heart can't take it though when i see him go up high like I, d- I don't know what it is in me but i'm like no get get off of that sting get off i don't know if you guys were the same but when i first saw him up in the rafters or not from there that... <laughs> yeah, i know it was a little bit scary i was like oh my gosh don't tell me don't tell me he's all the way up there thankfully he wasn't yeah god almighty luckily he didn't do that double or nothing uh, but like I said, this match, uh, the crowd was hyped for it um, after that dive, and it kind of set the tone for the rest, uh, even though no one observed the rules. But this was kind of running theme of the, the night. Hikileu interfered on behalf of the Bullet Club, but the ref was distracted at the time, and Sting was able to quickly recover, make a hot tag into the match. Sting no-selling is one thing, but everybody else recovered from big spots a little too quickly. He was able to get the win for his team. Uh, but what I will say, Monty uh, 
not just this match, but Shingo was the man last year. So it's a bit weird to see him in this <laughs> position, you know? Yeah, they mentioned he was the MVP of 2021 in Tokyo Sports for uh, New Japan. You know, he was the MVP. He was the man, the world champion. He was in the, uh, you know, Okada, Jay White spot. So, yeah, uh, I understand from like a, a you, we would want a guy like Shingo to be doing something meaningful. But again, with the way this card was put together, with all the things they went through to even get everybody situated, I will give them a pass this time for maybe not getting a big time uh, rivalry or match to put him in on the same level of like an Osprey or like we talked about, like I just mentioned, Jay White or Okada. So maybe it's, maybe in time, in due time. But Shingo already has a fan base in America, as you guys heard there. So like Shingo, you know, wrestled in PWG in the past. So like he he is, is uh, a lot of people are well aware of just how good he is. But yeah, he I think he deserves way more exposure because, like you mentioned, he held them down during some tough times with New Japan. And uh, he was the consistent superstar, my superstar of the year, basically, last year. So, yeah, uh, I don't know what we can talk about going forward for, for Shingo when it comes to this, but I'm still happy to see him looking strong here. Well, without doubt, like I said, and and even I maybe, you know, didn't follow uh, the Bucks during the kind of, you know, the Ring of Honor days, but to see the Ring of mm-hmm. Honor old Bullet Club gear, oh, yeah. Like, it, yeah. it's a tremendous callback for people, you know, especially seeing mm-hmm. it. Um, I will say with El Fantasma as well. I mean, <laughs> I used to dislike when they I did the back rakes. Yeah, I used to hate the back rakes, but <laughs> I just think he's got so much bounce and he's so talented. That's what makes it so stupid and entertaining now. <laughs> yes, I love it. Him and then, like, with him and his partner in New Japan, Taiji Ishimura, they do it together. So it's just so obnoxious. It's just like everything he does is to just get under people's skin. I don't. I promise you, he's just like the greatest, and I'm saying this in like a, in, for his character. He is li- the definition of like a douchebag. He is Kenny Williams, scum of the earth levels. His character, you know exactly what I <laughs> yeah. mean if you watched him. So uh, you got to see a little bit there in this match. <laughs> yeah, but again, uh, really, really good stuff in this one, uh, Monty. What would you score out of five? Um, let's see. What did I put down? I put four stars. Yeah, I, I thought this was fun. Like like we mentioned earlier, it has some funny moments here of the the nipple twisting, weird but still hilarious because it's so random. That spot sticks out to me. I, I was gonna mention <laughs> Sting. Sting only missed one spot in this entire match, and that was the bit where he went outside the ring. To yeah, and he said no. Go back and nipple cripple. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was like it was Nick Jackson, and you could just see Nick Jackson was like, get back, get back in the ring. <laughs> but you know what? I, I wasn't even mad at that. I wasn't even mad that he missed that spot. Like, think of his age, and yeah. also think of how much like he's just taking from people. You know. He, he literally was just taking all these bumps. He dived off the top uh, right at the very beginning. Man's missed a spot. Left him to it, okay? He's 63, for God's sake. Give him a break. He took, a, um, took two super kicks and just, like, uh, screamed it off. Like, ah! You, know? you got to love he, it. He was yeah. insane. Yeah, I, I will say, I know, like, we could argue or not, you know, di- different people's booking in AEW, but Sting, when it comes to the matches, they pick <laughs> perfectly you know they really really do uh yeah i'm gonna give that a four as well um jackson what would you score out of five 
I mean, I'm going to give that four and a quarter. I really enjoyed it. I just was, you know, uh, I think for me, my heart palpitations for Sting was just going constantly. But he he just did such great, had such a great match. So yeah, four four and a quarter. And Gina, what about you? Yeah, I have a four for this match. Really enjoyed it as well. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Uh, predictions. Well, <laughs> this is the part oh, that everybody God. hates. Here yeah. we go. James went the dudes. The rest oh, went God. bullet club. Good job. So, right, yes. James, honestly, I saw red, right? Because I remembered that you went with the dudes and I was like, oh, fuck you, James. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to save that. As my ringtone or message. <laughs> Every time I get a message, the Jackson goes, "Fuck you, James." And <laughs> those, those last two match- matches was my question mark. Though I knew when I picked them, I'm like, I'm, I don't know if these are gonna work out, but I'm trying. So nah, I, I knew I had already lost this match the minute Sting jumped off the top. I That's was true like, too. I yeah, it. the more Sting, yeah. the more spots Sting had, the less yeah. I was like, yeah, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is. I like Tony Khan building his pay-per-view for our predictions, you know, because like I said, Monty's Mon in the lead, we're level, I'm in the lead now, how can it change? Like, thanks, Tony, you're setting up the card. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a team match swing at the moment. Um, poll wise the dudes with 57%. And then we see Shooter interviewed by Tony Schiavone backstage, but Jericho interrupted, along with his cronies. Uh, of course, Chris threw a fireball in Unimo's face because Jericho's a wizard. Uh, the lone <laughs> women's match was next. AEW Women's Championship, Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm. Of course, both of these women have reputations for being great workers, so they made sure to test the limits with some fast-paced exchanges early on the match. Um, they were up for the challenge. They made... Very few errors, if any. Uh, but the somewhat surprising conclusion, Rosa couldn't get the job done with a Thunder Fire Driver, but retained with one of Dustin Rose's signature spinning suplexes. They shook hands when it was all over. Um, thoughts in, in this match. First off, like Rose's gear was incredible. But Gina, I asked you what you thought of the match. And I asked you, did you... I got annoyed during this because everybody just in the crowd, the majority were like, drinks break. The amount of people moving or empty seats during this was quite off-putting in the first five minutes. I mean, if I'm truly honest, I didn't notice, but that was because I was just focused on the match in, mm. entirely. But it is disheartening to see that. And it's it's hard because you want them, everyone to, you know, get their breaks as well because it is a long show. But it's also like, ah, oh, could you have not done that sort of in between the matches or... You know, so I, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was a good match. Shortest match on the card, but still good. Gina, what would you score out of five? Um, I've, I've given it uh, four. Given it four, yeah. Stuff. Uh, Jaxie, what are you going to score out of five? What do you think's next for Tony Storm as well? Yeah, I know. I mean, like, I, I'm not going to say that it was the greatest of matches. I, I, I still believe that Thunder Rosa had um, a better match with Serena Deeb. That being said, Tony Storm kicked out of quite a few spots that I didn't think that she was going to kick out of. So, um, you know, I was impressed with her tenacity, but I also really just, I, I just couldn't see this. 
uh, kind of change the title changing hands at this point. And I was actually thinking about, you know, what what I see going forward for Tony Storm. And, uh, you know, um, right now, I it sounds really bad, but I just see her more maybe becoming sort of a tag team wrestler at this point in time, just because I don't feel like she should be instantly thrown into the TBS title. Um, but I also don't want to see a rematch between both Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm at this point. She got a clean win against Tony Storm. Um, and I do believe that like she either should work her way up. I don't want to see Tony Storm in another feud with Brit either. So yeah, maybe, maybe do some tag team with her for a bit. Um, and, and kind of let others shine. You know, we still have Chris Statlander and um, Athena who have both come in, who I believe both of them uh, deserve sort of title shots. I mean, from, from their talent. So I'd like to see the, those two getting more of a push in, in sort of the, the title pictures at this point in time. Um, I'm going to give it a three and three quarters. I thought it was a good match. I just, uh, yeah, I kind of felt like this was predictably coming that Thunder Rosa was going to win it. So... Yeah, now I give it a three point nine five as well. I still think it's good, but maybe a little bit more time. Monty, what about you? Yeah, I agree. It kind of finished, uh, you know, out of nowhere. Uh, but it was physical, and I thought they, their facial expressions were awesome. Like they really were into what they were doing, and you know, they were, you know, you could tell they were they were being physical. You could see the way that the story they were trying to tell here, um, and they were kind of like fighting like their lives were on the line here. So like, even if the fans were being disrespectful, they you couldn't tell by watching them. Uh, I did see some shots after this, like going online, viral online, of just how much moving around, how into the seats was. And like you said, it's such a shame to see because as soon as uh, there's, as soon as Tony or AAW is doing something wrong with the women's division, a lot of people have something to say. And then when you put, uh, you know, women's wrestling out there, you know, then you get responses like that. It's just really like, you know, disheartening. But, you know, you try to ignore that and just move on. I still think this is a strong match. I'm not really into that finish of like you Thunder Rose is beating everyone with her finisher and then she uses Dustin's move. Even though I understand how important Dustin is to her or whatever has been to her in training and all that. So I understand it, but at the same time I wasn't really a fan of needing that move to finish her and you couldn't finish it with your own stuff. But I guess that was a way of protecting Tony. So it was still a strong match. I gave it four stars. Yeah, no, it was, like we said, it annoyed me that I got distracted by, I know I was trying to look at other stuff during the match as well, not just for wrestling, weirdly, but to see that amount of movement. Uh, but predictions, we all went Rosa, so it is 7-6-6-6 to me. Pole-wise, Storm on 52%, actually, in that match was the favourite. And then the video oh. pack. Video package aired for Will Ospreay's match against Orange Cassidy. Jim Ross joined commentary. And Kevin Kelly and Taz both noted that JR was their old boss, which is always nice uh, to know. And then we had the IWGP US title on the line, Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay and OC. Started by dodging a drop kick and hitting a shoulder tackle for Ospreay's just his kick on his feet. As we were able to have a nice exchange of takedowns all while Cassidy kept his hands in his pockets. Anybody expected this to be a comedy match? Was probably surprised to see both men take it so seriously. Other than the opening moments, Cassidy was on fire and worked harder than he had since he battled Pack. The story they told with Cassidy trying to show Osprey how good he is and Osprey trying to prove he was a better wrestler was nicely executed, especially during the back half of the match. Both the action and the in-ring psychology was on point. Cassidy survived several spots that seemed like they would end it, but also finally put away to get the uh, victory. 
Uh, so we'll talk about that first. We'll just talk about the match. Um, Jaxie, well, uh, this was <laughs> incredible. First, credit to Osprey's gear. I mentioned Thunder Rosa. But what a fucking match. JR said Styles make matches. This was incredible. Uh, okay, this match was just insane. Um, I kind of knew it was going to be good, but I didn't realise it was going to be that good. Uh, there were just so many spots. Um, I, I, again, uh, I've seen Will Ospreay featured, you know, most recently on AEW, but I did not know that he was that good, you know. Um, if anything, he's just really kind of made me a fan of him as well. Uh, Orange Cassidy as well just, you know, gave off that, uh, like, a great vibe. Um, you know, he really worked for that match too. Uh, this match just went hard. Both men went hard. And it was really entertaining to watch. It was entertaining to kind of watch Will's boys on the outside. Um, is it United Empire? Is that the group name it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, like his two guys yeah. like being on the outside, sort of like constantly causing distraction. It's the oldest trick in the book, but at the same time, it, it works when both uh, men in the ring are actually giving it their all. It kind of makes you like really worried about what's going to go down and, and how and stuff. I was really blown away by this match. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was one of my favourites of the night. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Will showed why he's one of the world's best. Monty, you made a point, I think, on the live show, even before that, how uh, Will Ospreay wanted to fight. So, I mean, people were like, why Orange Cassidy? But he wanted an AEW original. He didn't want an ex-WWE guy, did he? Right, no, he didn't. Uh, he wanted to, you know, prove that he... Is one of the you know one of the best wrestlers in the world. He considers you know just to to see to test himself as a measuring stick for their promotion. He wanted an original, someone that they built from the ground up to see what they really have, you know, from one of their day one thoughts because he represents a new new Japan uh, to the fullest, and he has for a long time now. And Osprey is just one of the best in the world. He's always been great to me. I've been spoiled. I've been able to see just how good Osprey has been mm. when he was a junior heavyweight. And it's funny to me. Osprey was a junior heavyweight just a couple of years ago. So just to see how much bigger than Orange Cassidy he is yeah, now has yeah. been incredible. And if you've been watching Osprey as long as I have, you've noticed when he was like underage wrestling. And then like that kid is this guy. It's kind of amazing to see. Uh, but anyway, uh, this is, this match also made me realize just how much AEW has missed Orange Cassidy with his injury. You know what I mean? Because uh, I think, like, he his goal was to show, like you said, all the people who lump him in with just nothing serious that, no, I can really go. And I can go with someone that, that everyone should respect in this ring, which is a former IWGB World Heavyweight Champion. So... Orange Cassidy looks like, a, looks like a million bucks here also, man. He looks so strong in defeat, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, Osprey's facial expressions, when he kicked out of the Oz cutter, when he kicked out of the Hidden Blade, you know what I'm saying? Just putting over, oh, my God, this is, this, you know, this, kid, this guy's tough because Osprey finishes people with the blade and all that. So he had to pull out the Stormbringer, which is his last, like, the thing he's won all types of championships with. So, again, I, I know that because I've watched Osprey for years, but to see – to get everyone else to see that he's really putting Orange Cassidy over in this situation also. Man, I just thought this was great, man. It could go forever. I gave it four and three quarters overall. Yeah, like I said, it, and what's interesting as well is Will Ospreay, how good a hill he is. You know, I think that's something that we've developed over the past couple of years, especially with maybe United yes. Empire. Because, I, I, you know, the, it's all been a good bit, like the fun-loving baby face who can fly like he can. And even then, the right. high-flying moves, like talk about the changing style that he's had become 
Yes, heavyweight. Yeah, and, and this is like the perfect wrestler. Like you know, he can still do the right. kicks and the angles and all this kind of stuff he can do. But like I said, the facials, it's the kind of the way they worked in this. The hand in the pocket, then pulling out a middle finger, you know? Like, <laughs> that's Will Ospreay. Uh, like you talk about, a choice near four off a DDT. It used to be kind of like, not to say he was like Ricochet, but his, he was portrayed in the yes, same character yeah. as a Ricochet, just to give people reference if you don't understand. Like, he was like that as a high-flying babyface. And now, to see what he was right there, that's the perfect case to show just what, how he's evolved. Like, he has power moves. Strikes, half line, he could do it all. Well, so even a hidden blade, that's how vicious he's kind of become right. now because that move from behind, you know. Uh, I did like Will's, Will's head coming in our house and destroying the robot camera, which Excalibur seemed really unhappy about. <laughs> um, like I said, it'd be interesting. I mean, Juice Robinson and Will Ospreay, it, the only thing I don't understand, Monty, is that they're both hills. But Will change i don't understand it's bullet club and you know it's kind of weird because really in japan as long as you're not the bullet club you're not empire against love in japan <laughs> like there's plenty of people with you not empire tiles and all that although they are still bad guys so it don't always work as heels and babyface like for example suzuki gun members desperado Kanemaru, Tachi, they are baby faces really in Japan with Zack Sabre Jr. But you hear how he acted and what he was in America because that is still very much a heel character. So it's kind of confusing, but they don't really have to stick to one role. Bullet Club is usually always the ones who are the bad guys. They're always the ones in the role. Well, it's interesting to see because I'm getting... You're gonna turn Will like kind of face, or you just leave it like this because you can't do juice. No, he's gonna stay stuff. completely the same. It's just he's gonna get cheered because he's fighting a bullet club member. That's crazy. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it four and three quarters out of five as well. Jackson, what about you? Did I not already give my point? You, you might have done, <laughs> but I've not written it down. Okay, I gave this four and a half. All right, awesome. And Gina. Yeah, I gave this a four and a half too. I um, I think I am a newfound fan of Will Ospreay. I found that I was really excited for the match when it came out and I couldn't take my eyes off him. So I'm definitely a new fan of his. Um, and I, I feel like it probably deserves more than a four and a half, but I'll just go with that for now. If Was this your first like kind of proper Will Ospreay match you're seeing him? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd seen him on um, AEW when he was turning up those few times, but in terms of, like, his seriousness, it was funny to watch him get annoyed with Orange Cassidy, just like all the other wrestlers who fight him do. But in, in my eyes, I really enjoyed just seeing this new wrestler, and it just, he captivated me. I don't know what it was, but I, I was just excited to see what move he's going to do next because I don't know his move sets. I was curious to see what he could do, what he can't do, things like that. So, yeah, it was really exciting to see. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, well, like I said, predictions, you all went Will. So it's 8777. Poll wise, Will got 83% of the vote. And in a video aired about Brian Danielson not being able to compete against Zach Sabre Jr. So, Brian, one person that he trusts to take his place at the Forbidden Door was Zach Sabre Jr. versus. Well, we had a bonus point on the line, Monty. 
went Johnny Gagano. I'm sorry, Monty, I didn't mean to <laughs> laugh at that. <laughs> no, you do, you're doing the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it shows guts, and that's going to pay off at some point. You know what I mean? That, those, <laughs> those types of jobs. Did not tonight, but at some point in time. So, you know. <laughs> uh, the re- and Jackson Genie, you did go Cesaro. I would include that. <laughs> um, I, you better. I, I was about to say, if you don't even give me this point, I was ready to actually come at you, James, because that is not fair. Okay? Yeah, I even said it when he came out, and I said to Jackson, if James even tries to chat shit to us about saying Cesaro, I will kick off at him. Yeah. I was ready for it. So, yeah, I deserve that point. Well, I'll tell you what, then. We all went Claudio, and we all got a point apart from Monty. So, bonus point on top of what we could potentially get here today. Claudio Castanoli was all elite. What a pop. Um, Jack C, did you lose your shit at this moment? I mean, okay, so... Obviously, being from the UK means that we watch um, at a later time. You know, I, there's no way I could stay up on a Sunday when I've got work the next morning. So for for my sister and I, and I'd like to even think yourself, James, a, a lot of the time we are ca- playing catch up mm. the next day. So obviously that gives time for a little editing, maybe. So I was pissed, right? Because I didn't actually... Um, recognize the music first of all but all I'm getting is shot after shot after shot of the crowd yeah, instead of being yeah. on the entrance and yeah, I was getting I think they did it on purpose. yeah they did like for for the audience that are, are watching from their TVs and I was like bitch put it on the entrance <laughs> like I like enjoy the excitement of what everyone else is reacting to and instead I'm getting to see their reactions first like so that annoyed me a little bit, but when when they went onto the entrance and I saw it was Claudio, I was over the moon. We've been itching and waiting for this to happen, and I don't know if anyone else noticed, but did anyone else notice Claudio did sort of like address the sort of cameraman rumor by like playing mm-hmm. around with an imaginary camera? Like that got to me. That really filled me up a little bit. So I was really really happy. This match was really good. Um, I I really enjoyed seeing both. Uh, him face Zack Sabre Jr. And I feel like we could have gotten more out of them if we gave them more time. Like, I, I wasn't ready for the match to be over, you know? Um, so, yeah, I definitely am itching to see that there's so many dream matches I now have now that Claudio's joined uh, AEW. I would love to, you know, potentially see a round two between Zack Sabre Jr. and Claudio one day. Well, they had me at this when Cesar came out and I'm thinking, oh, that's great. Long, long trousers as it was as well. Uh, looked in fantastic shape. Uh, and then he hit Sabre with a huge uppercut followed by neutralised. And I thought, you motherfuckers. But luckily, yeah. Sabre kicked out. But I, I would have maybe gone, yeah. But again, it was nice to see him get the shoulder up. I mean, to yeah, say... I would have been a bit pissed off if they did actually go that way and then just have him pinned like one, two, three straight after that. <laughs> Only because I would have been like, you can't give us Claudio and then give us 20 seconds in the ring, okay? Like, give him to us. <laughs> well, these are, you know, these two are great at a lot of things, but they are known as two of the best technicians in the game and every single move they hit looked about as good as possible. These guys were operating on a different levels too much actually i would ruin the match to try and explain what went on in it 
just watch it, you know. After a fantastic sequence, Castellani won with a power bomb to have successful AEW debut. But just wow. I never thought I would see Cesaro versus Zack Sabre Jr., let alone in an AEW ring. Uh, it, this was absolutely crazy. And a nice to see. It doesn't happen often. We don't mention it a lot. But it was nice to see two Brits back-to-back matches on a big pay-per-view in matches that actually mattered. You know, it's another reason to like New Japan with Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr. Also, we had Pac winning earlier, so I guess we were spoiled for the amount of kind of British talent (laughs) on show. But as for the match, wow. You know, Gina, what did you think of first uh, Zack Sabre Jr., what were your thoughts, Uh, and, and then Cesaro and this whole thing? I mean, yeah, I thought he was good. I really like his kind of cocky attitude and confidence. Um, so I already knew that if it was going to be Cesaro coming out, he was still going to, whoever it was that was going to come out, he just had this arrogance like, yeah, I'm still going to beat him, whoever it's going to be. So I really liked that about him. And he's a good wrestler. I definitely was intrigued by him as well. Not as much as Will Ospreay, but I still am intrigued with him. Um, and then, yeah, definitely enjoyed seeing, wait, are we addressing him as Claudio now, yeah? Not Cesaro. Don't blame either, me if I stop. Either or. I, I still call Alistair Black every now and again and get complaints. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Sorry in advance, guys, okay? I will get used to it at some point. But either way, I was so excited to see him. And you could just generally tell that he was so excited to be back on, on the scene. Um, so I was I was generally happy for him watching the match. But he still looked in just as good shape. He literally was still smashing every move like he had been, you know, and he'd impressed us on WWE screens. So I just don't know why they didn't they they didn't want to press further with it. I honestly don't because he deserved more than what he got on there. So I'm I'm super pleased for him and the match itself. I just thought was really really great. There were a couple of near misses um, that I actually thought, oh, Cesaro might actually lose his first match, but nah, he he wasn't going to, and I'm glad that he didn't either. So it was good. What would you score five? Um, I'm gonna give that one four and three quarters. Four three quarters. Um, yeah, this this was outstanding. I mean, Monty, I don't need to tell you. You probably, well, you know how much I love Zack Sabre Jr. Anyway, just kind of how he wrestles. But you must have mm-hmm. known, like, this is just perfect. You know, for me, this is yeah. And even the fans chant, "This is wrestling. This is wrestling." You know. Yeah, man, it was incredible, man. And it was a, you just traded one dream match, <laughs> whether Brian was there or not, for another one, man. And like the camera angle at the beginning, like you mentioned, Jackson, confused me because the music also kind of sounded like something Gargano would have if he was there. <laughs> like, so I was like, are you really kidding me? So then when I finally seen it was him, I was like, okay, good. All right, no problem. That's fine. It's good to see you. <laughs> I'm aggravated, but it's fine. <laughs> Anyway, the match was great, though. Uh, you know, it was a showcase of what made go make both of those guys special. You know, Claudio's speed and power, of course, with the swing. And also, I like how they kind of kept it respectful with him only getting the swing, Zach, like five times. That was cool. Uh, Zach's striking and technical submission expertise. He is the submission master. That's what he does. At any time, he can make your favorite wrestler tap, go to sleep, whatever it is. That's what he does. And I, I want to ask you, too, because you're more of a historian about European wrestling, James. But this felt like just what I felt. I feel like a great European just wrestling style match. It's like at his finest. Like, you know what I mean? And having you know, Claudio in the combat club, 
you know, was now they're just one of the most stacked factions in existence, man. If you go off just pure talent and like wrestling ability. So anyway, overall it was four and a half star match for me. I loved it. And, uh, you know, I also loved after the match looking on social media and seeing many of, uh, Claudio's friends from WWE, like Becky Lynch and others, you know, know, sending their love to him in support, you know, across, uh, you know, the internet enemy lines, but it was great to see because, you know, at the end of the day, they're big, you know, fraternity, big family. So it was nice to see them supporting them, uh, even from, uh, WWE side too. So this was just great. All around. Without a doubt. And you talk about like, you know, people like, you know, in the old days with Jackie Palo, even Johnny Saint, you know, they would look at this match and just, it's pure perfection because the whole point of it holds, even the European style as such as that is, you know, is it like risk control, keeping hold of your opponent, trying to get out of submissions. It's even like when Cesaro hit the sharpshooter, looked like he was going to put the sharpshooter in and Zack Sabre Jr. made to get the hill hook, but still Cesaro got out of it and turned it back into a sharpshooter because they were still connected. And like you said, Zack Sabre Jr. is a fucking octopus, man. You know, like the way he can, he just, how the fuck has he got hold of me? Just, it's, it's just, another level five out of five for me uh jacksy what about you yeah again i i sorry i thought i actually gave my um <laughs> my one <laughs> um i i gave it like a, a 4.9 basically right. gotcha yeah 4.9 i got you there uh yeah just sensational stuff i mean i couldn't believe how happy i was at this I mean, not just because it's because again, uh, Cesaro won, and that changes everything for the predictions. You see, um, people did say, "Why the fuck did I go Zack Saber Junior?" You know, <laughs> I will say to them, at least I didn't go Johnny Gargano. No, I'm joking. I would say, to, I would say to them though, Zack Saber Junior, Daniel Bryan. Oh, sorry, Bryan Danielson. I've done it now. Is the match that was meant to be? That match, if Zack Sabre Jr. is losing to the replacement, and I know it is Cesaro or Claudio, mm-hmm. but still, I felt I want to see Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson, but there would be no doubt who's going to win that match in the future <laughs> because of what I Brian... think in AEW. But if, it, if they do it in Japan, <laughs> totally different world. Well, in front of the Japanese audience, maybe, but I'll, you're probably right. In but do, you, do you actually think that Zack Sabre Jr. would win against? Uh, Brian Danielson in New Japan, then. Yes, and watch the G. I would just say it like this: watch the G One, watch any past tournament Zach has been in, watch how he actually de- breaks down opponents, and you will see exactly what I mean. I hope you have a special G One this year while I mean, I'm hyping them up. Well, Monty, <laughs> I'll tell you something. I'll tell you, I'm so excited to actually watch this G One after seeing like half of the talent be featured on this pay per view. It's just made me so excited. I want to see more. Well, let's not forget that. I mean, all the New Japan Cup, that Zack Sabre Jr. won as well. Right. And the match, yes. of course, uh, we'll match against Akada uh, for the IWGP heavyweight title, which, again, uh, I think we covered on um, one of our live shows as well. But, no, that was fantastic. Again, I don't mind losing the predictions when the match is that good. So, Jackson and Gina picked as our win. So, what does that mean? Well, it means it is level at the top, 888 between Jackie, Gina and myself. Monty is on seven 
with two matches to go. And the next match was the Fatal 4-Way for the IWGP Heavyweight title. JY, Adam Cole, Adam Page, and Kajuka Akada. Um, Akada got the biggest pop of the four in this match. There was, you know a match is special when there's a holy shit before anyone actually <laughs> threw a match. Um, the Adams paired off and fought outside the ring while Akada focused on going for White. Once Hangman took out Cole, and Akada double-teamed White. The two Bullet Club allies tried to formulate a game plan at ringside, but it took too long and ended up getting attacked. Once they got on the same page, Cole and White began to control the pace. A uh, bit like the All-Atlantic Fatal 4-Way, this one allowed everyone to ring to shine at different times. It never felt anybody was left out. And once it cleared, we'd have a fight. White and Cole threw their alliance out the window. And what followed was a long sequence of near falls and attempted finishing moves from all four men. In the end, it looked like Kikada was going to hit the Rainmaker on Adam Cole, who collapsed. Jay White come in and managed to hit the switchblade. Uh, and it looked like Adam Cole suffered an injury and then was pinned. Uh, I thought it was a really enjoyable match. But Monty... What do you think of this? What do you think of the finish? Because if Cole couldn't continue, they couldn't do the spot, and that was the end. But it's a little bit of a damp squib, wasn't it? Yeah, man, it's probably the only thing that really went wrong, honestly. I think they were on a pace for, like, you know, some classic level, you know, four-way action here. But, you know, the way that finish uh, happened, you ended up being more worried about Cole's health than, you know, Jay White retaining. Or, you know, you was more worried about his health than almost anything because, like you said, just kind of like he collapsed and he wasn't all there. And obviously they couldn't do the finishing spot. It wasn't clear at the time, you know, why that spot didn't go as planned. So it definitely just left a, a weird taste in your mouth. But I understood Okada definitely wasn't going to get pinned. You're not, you're not going to have that happen. And I figured Adam Cole was going to get pinned anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's a shame that he wasn't able uh, – to finish here, though. So, yeah, definitely, in my opinion, was the only thing that uh, went wrong. It's kind of a shame that it happened when it happened, you know? Yeah, I think about that. But do you agree, though, Monty, it was nice to see NXT representative <laughs> with Adam Cole? For some reason, I just connected so much with NXT, and I think, oh, there's a guy that was really successful in NXT, someone successful in New Japan, and the AEW representative. That's fair. You know? Um, I didn't even think about it that way, but that's that's fair though. We did kind of have like an NXT New Japan AEW type of thing uh, going on there, so that's yeah. Well, and Akada as well, like I said, was loved by the crowd. Um, like I said, this was special to watch. Um, we get everybody scores, but this uh, Jackson, I'll ask you because with Adam Page, can he become like the Akada to AEW? You know, we talk about Roman Reigns with WWE. Can Adam Hangman actually become like the go-to guy in AEW? I mean, I honestly believe that he has all the potential to be that type of that kind of guy, especially because he still he excites the crowd without without the the belt. There is something very likable about him, and he's just very real. Like we've seen his struggles, we've seen him his ups and downs, um, and I think he was a great addition to this match. I do agree with Monty. I think that. Adam Cole was probably put more added into this fatal four-way to be able to take the pin. Um, I de- definitely would not have been happy if Okada took that uh, pin because, I mean, I, I'm not going to I kind of fell in love with him. 
Like he is amazing to watch, and <laughs> I just wanted to keep watching him. Like I honestly like fell in love with this guy. Um, so yeah, he's now Daddy Rainmaker. Um, and I look forward. <laughs> I look forward to watching um, him sort of in in future New Japan uh, wrestling matches. I was very worried about um, Adam Cole seeing him sort of like drop down the way he did. I kind of knew something wasn't right the minute he did that. And I feel like Jay White was getting just getting into the ring and uh, when he saw that. And I think that he just made the decision right there and then. I just thought, no, I'm calling it. Um, which probably was best because, I mean, Jay White and Adam Cole are very close friends. Um, and, you know, if me and my sister were in that situation and I saw that, I would have definitely done exactly the same thing. You know, health comes first at the end of the day. And, yes, it kind of put a bit of a damper on the, the finish to the match, but it didn't take away from the match at all. I thought all four men really did uh, very well. And I just want to point out on a side note that I know that there's been a lot of... Um, talking shit about body shaming when it comes to Adam Cole as of late. And I just actually want to turn around to everyone that body shames out there and just say, look at yourselves. Take a look at yourselves and imagine having hundreds of thousands of people body shaming you online. It's not nice when these men are putting their lives on it, out there 24-7. You, we saw what happened with Adam Cole. You, we don't need that shit. Like, they, they don't need it. We as wrestling fans don't need it. If you guys ain't got nothing nice to say, especially when it comes to body shaming, you wouldn't do it for half of the women. Don't, do, don't say anything at all. Because all it's going to do is piss off everyone, not just the wrestlers, not just, you know, the commentators, the referees will come into the aid. It pisses off the fans as well. None of us are looking at Adam Cole and thinking he's got a bad bod. We're looking at the level of talent. So if you can't look at the talent and all of your thoughts are superficial like that, then you're 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 watching the wrong content. Go watch something else, yeah? Sorry, I just had to get that off my chest because I saw some really horrible tweets at the, at the beginning of the week about it and it pissed me off. But I don't actually rise up and chat shit back to them because of like, that just adds to their folly. That's what they want. So I just wanted to put that out there. Again, this match was amazing. I thought it was really, really good. Um, if it hadn't been from for the ending, I think it would have been a five-star caliber match, but I put it as 4.9 again. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll be getting any emails next week complaining about... <laughs> I think we're safe, guys. All right? I don't think we're going to get anything coming our way now with Jaxie protecting us. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to give us a four and a quarter out of five. Gina, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I agree in terms of it would have been a five-star match had it not really been for the ending for me. So I gave it four and three quarters. And Monty, we're going to score this. Yeah, man, I gave it four, uh, four and a quarter. Like you said, the Okada looked like a star. He really liked a big deal in this match. They even did his zoom out for his spot. I was, I was just so happy that they were doing all the little fan service nods for us New Japan fans who know. Uh, his sequences and just how he wrestles and uh, yeah, man. Uh, like I said, I wish Cole the best. And uh, this was, he was already working hurt. That's too, you know what I mean? Like that's another thing. He's already had the shoulder, he had his shoulder right wrapped. Uh, you know, so to get the match started in the first place. So uh, I really do wish him nothing but the best. But yeah, four and a quarter. I thought this was still fantastic. Yeah, and uh, what's interesting as well? It looked like some people went home. 
uh, after Ricardo had wrestled. Like, that's why they bought the ticket. Oh, wow. You know, there seems to be a few empty seats in the main event. And I'm like, well, people... Oh, 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 you're going to go ahead and pay for it, pay, pay that certain amount to come to a pay-per-view and you can't stay for one more goddamn match. Because, you know like you said, it's... Nah, <laughs> next time give me that ticket. That was a waste. It's what AJ White said. It's a draw. You know, when you're a big enough draw, look at Stone Cold Steve Austin. It was him who brought people to that building. And that he thing, does usually go last. I don't yeah. excuse it, but he does usually go last. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying what? You, you guys didn't want to stick around for Tana Hashley and John Moxley. You're mad. But some people probably agree bought this you. card. Yeah, I completely agree. But somebody pretty bought their tickets just to see a card, you know, and that oh, shows waste. what waste. a draw. Yeah, but that's a positive as well. We've got a draw. Look, look, I just told you I fell in love with Okada, but you're, that was a waste <laughs> of a ticket. Seriously. Well, um, no, we don't disagree, but he's right. That, yeah. does, like, that just shows the strength of the Rainmaker, man. Like, like you said, a true number one guy. And, yeah. Uh, no, there's no yeah. doubt. There is no doubt in Japan, New Japan, who that guy is, you know. Uh, predictions... Yeah. We all went Jay White, so it means it is, uh, well, Monty, you're on eight. Everybody else is on nine. Poll-wise, Adam Cole got 8%. Page got 12%. Akada, 22 But Jay White with 58 And then we get the brief video talking about the interim AEW World Championship and our main event. We see John Moxley walking backstage with William Regal by his side. I fucking love it. I, I don't know why I love it so much. But I just do. It's like, you know, no, it looks so badass. I'm so exactly the same. I got hyped seeing William Regal walk next to like John Moxley. I couldn't help myself. I was getting so hyped seeing him there. It was. Just... And Mox looked amped up. Like he yes. was ready. Like Mox yeah. was into it. You could see yeah. it in his face. Well, that, uh, and Hiroshi Tanahashi got a good reaction, but not nearly as loud as Moxley, uh, which is not really much surprise. The interim AEW World Championship on the line in the main event for Binador. Uh, and it's one of the few matches of the show that actually started with a simple collar and elbow tie-up. I'm thinking, what the fuck is going on? Uh, <laughs> they kept the pace steady, used the classic sequence we've seen in a lot of other matches. Uh, Lenu... They were going to go hard soon, but it was just technical at the time. And even uh, Kevin Kelly on commentary going, she doesn't like hardcore matches. He wants to wrestle his opponents, you know. Yes. Um, He's a wrestler's wrestler. Yeah. Well, add, yes. And adds another layer more than we know. Uh, but then they started training strikes, and it was clear Moxley had a slight advantage as a brawler. But when they were back to Matt to grapple, Tanahashi took over for the most part. Felt never me, me the man were in control for more than a couple of minutes. So it's all quite competitive. Uh, mm. Then we kicked it off and it, it seemed to go from technical to blood fucking you know, fest in a blink of an eye. I mean, Mox loves to bleed, there's no doubt. Um, I, talk, I mean, talk about a crimson mask, you know. Yeah, like, I just feel sorry for Renee because I feel like Renee's probably coming out of this every single time, like, great, how much, how much blood is he going to lose this time? <laughs> is that again? You're bleeding again. Uh, <laughs> it'll be like Abdullah the Butcher sooner rather than later. But I see Tanahashi surviving several near falls uh, before Moxley finally put him away with a paradigm shift. Like I said, a lot to enjoy in this one. But 
I found this incredibly visual, which is quite difficult to describe on an audio podcast. But again, it is really, really, really good stuff. Uh, and then afterwards, we had a preview for Dynamite as Jericho Appreciation Society came down. Uh, Casanoli joined the fight to end the show and send the home happy. Uh, I wasn't that happy about that because I thought the bigger moment was the respect between Mox and Tanahashi. I, I know you've mm. got to sell blood and guts, but we're not, you know, not, don't It was unnecessary. I, yeah, I, 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 I thought it much. I, I didn't think it, that, that this was needed. Like it, it's, it stopped being about like sort of what just went down and just kind of, they were like, anyway, let's move on. You know, like for me, I was still reading from the match. So I was a little bit, I, I didn't really feel like they needed to end it the way they did. But I mean, again, this is just personal preference. A lot of people might like that sort of fan service, but I didn't really feel like it was needed. No. And the new Japan people, you know, fans like watching this. It felt like it was dark and elevation where they just always have those spots where everyone just comes out and gets involved to end it or something. It just felt a little bit mm. like that. Mm. Mm. Right, but like I said, this was a really, really good brawl. Uh, Gina, what did you think of the event? I mean, I really enjoyed it. It was a standard mox match, you know, blood everywhere. Didn't expect any less, but the crowd were hyped for it and I was still hyped for it after the long show too. So I still really enjoyed the match, and I gave it uh, four and three quarters as well. Yeah, no, really, really. Like I said, it's I'll say st- standard mocks, but you know it's just going to be mental at some point in it. <laughs> you know, it's just like, and and it really was cut the bulldog. I have to say that he is the Mike Tyson of wrestling in terms of biting. You just always know there's going to be some <laughs> for biting or something like that. There's going to be yeah. blood. He's just going to fuck shit up and do what he wants. So, you know, it's a Mox match. Do, do you know what? <laughs> Literally, Moxley needs a tur- that T-shirt that says, fuck shit up. Just, just <laughs> that mm-hmm. would sell. Uh, no, really, really good stuff. Monty, what do you think? Were you disappointed with Tanahashi or, uh, as in, due or, you know, uh, anything else that kind of happened in this one? No way. No, no, no. I, I was disappointed with the ending because, like I said, I just felt like that was unnecessary. You know, I thought it would have been more important to have them both, raise, like Tanahashi, raise his hand as kind of like a symbolism. Of, All right, he is worthy. Of, he is on my level. He's your world champion. I could have. I'd rather have the show in that way. But I honestly, you mentioned it. You said Tanahashi had a good reaction when he came out compared to Moxley's nuclear reaction. But di- by the end of that match, he had them chanting "Go Ace." He had them believing that he had a, that they that he had a shot, and that's the thing that Tanahashi still can do better than anybody in wrestling. A lot of a lot of like this is what makes him a legend. He will make you believe in him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And like even in a brawl against someone, you can say he's overmatched against in a brawl. He made you believe in him against Moxley. So I thought it was awesome, man. And uh, you know, uh, to hear Go Ace chance in AEW really mm-hmm. crystallized what made this match. So special, and this whole night so awesome to me at that point. So yeah. the fact that Tanahashi was making all those people believe, and in my opinion, making anybody who was watching and paying attention to this match believe, the fact that he can hook you in, and like you said, it's a very very visual match. That's the Japanese wrestling style. They mm-hmm. don't they don't speak the same language as everybody. Wrestling, like Okada always says, wrestling is a universal language. So they use facial expression. Oscar is awesome at it. They use you know. Paint. They use physical strikes and all that type of stuff to really drag you in. They make you believe by the way they look. So you have to pay attention. And Tanahashi is an expert at that. 
And that's how come he can hook everyone in. So I love this match. I gave it four and three quarters. This was awesome to me. Uh, and I just thought it, if if they left it alone and do, did, didn't do the blood and guts preview that we didn't really need, we didn't need another Claudio Pop. He had an awesome one. The crowd was already tired at that point. They stayed hyped the entire show. I just feel like you just you give them a bow and then, you you know, maybe you come out to do your speech after the show like you usually do and just let Tanahashi and Moxley stand tall, representing New Japan and AEW as your closing shot. But anyway, four and three star, uh, stars, uh, four and three-fourths stars for me is uh, the way I'm going here. Yeah, it's a shame they ended Dynamite, Rampage and uh, Forbidden Door all the same. Um, exactly. You know, but... You know, we'll see here as it goes on. Uh, Jack C, what would you score that at five? Yeah, I got, I gave it um, four and three quarters as well. Yeah, I gave it a four and a half. Like I said, it was proper mocks. I do have to say, uh, Monty, uh, what you were, what you just mentioned about sort of you know New Japan being kind of colourful and like making you want to watch. Like by the end of this pay per view for me, I felt like I wanted to fully invest in New Japan. Um, I just fell in, in love with every single wrestler from there. And I felt like it was just something new, something different that we've not really, myself mainly, not been really accustomed right. to. It, it was so great. It's really like kind of picked up my love for wrestling even more. And now I want to venture out and try and see more. I know that there's so much wrestling out there. And that is a majority of the reason why I, d- I don't get to everything because there's so much. But now I want to try with New Japan. It's it was just so exciting for me. I think, well, I would say, you know, so yeah, the secret is, I think, Jaxie, when it comes to that, is don't try and watch it all. I've made that mistake and you just <laughs> can't. You know, Monty yeah. has taught me this lesson as well. It's like, even with, yourself, uh, yeah, it's just select, well, for me, it's like just a couple of matches for McCard or the, you know, mm-hmm. the main event and then just, or what I like doing as well. And again, if anybody wants to, it's like even with that Sabre Junior with New Japan Cup uh, with the G1, just follow their matches. You know, I know it sounds yeah. quite simple, but just be like, he's my pick. Let's see where he goes in the competition, you know. Definitely. And I do feel like, you know, I'm very lucky and blessed to have the New Japan expert, you know, within within our grasp. So I'm pretty sure that he'll be able to help point me in the direction of, of, of what's best to watch when it comes to everything New Japan. Yeah, just, yeah, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's lovely, but just don't ask him to give you any predictions, all right? Because, because it's not <laughs> it's not been a good night. Hey, man, hey. This, was such a, this was such a fun show for me. I was fine with it. I didn't even care. I promise you I didn't care. <laughs> I was just like, bro, New Japan is You're in America. Trending in America. New Japan is trending in America, and it's not three in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a bit bad because it's like we all got a point then. So if scores end nine 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 eight, so we all get an AEW prediction point apart from Monty. We all got a bonus point except Monty as well. I just I felt bad. It's not a good night for Monty. But prediction leagues at this moment in time. So the bonus league, this changed quite a few things, ladies and gentlemen. It means Gina, Jaxie and Monty are all on six points when it comes to the bonus league. I've stuck ahead with ten points, uh, but we will have bonus points on the line. I'll explain that in a minute. The AW Prediction League now. Monty, 
you're uh, on zero, my friend. Gina, you get your first score, so you're on one. Jaxie's on two. I'm in the lead with three. But look how close that is as well. Uh, I'll take that back soon. And this is even better. This weekend we get points for the W Pay-Per-View League, where, of course, money in the bank. But we'll be also getting a cashing card, which we'll explain more about, where it'll be bonus point on the line for when the cashing actually happens. So Uh, creative, this lady. (laughs) Mate, when you've done it for seven years, you need to create your own excitement. You know what I'm saying? So creative. So, at the moment, Gina is on three points when it comes to W pay-per-views. Jack C, myself, and Monty are on four. So, Gina, a win uh, this Saturday at Money in the Bank could be huge and change the course of time in itself. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> That's it's the spirit. Even worse than my AEW ones. So, it's a nice thought. Yeah, thanks. But definitely not yeah. <laughs> well the last thing we want is monty to strike back all right so we need i need to keep going whatever i'm playing on my downfall man. whatever i've done <laughs> since wrestlemania is, is working but yeah monty you will say those who said you know my demise were extremely inaccurate and he could be coming back now but poll wise for that moxley was 79 percent of the vote so over uh, this, this is incredible because it's going to be difficult to pick match of the night. Um, at, well, for me, match of the night is going to be uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Claudio slash Cesaro. Pure technical wrestling, five stars all round. Uh, Jaxie, what was your match of the night? Because you got a couple of 4.95s. Yeah, uh, I, I'm definitely going to go with uh, match of the night being uh, Will Ospreay and Orange Cassidy. Yeah, uh, Gina, what about you? Um, I'm actually going to go with the four way of Malachi Black versus Pat versus Nero versus Crack. Yeah, that's uh, that said. You scored. I mean, there was four matches, four and three quarters of five from you. So, like I said, there was a lot. Uh, going a lot of choices there. And Monty, what about your match? This is how good this card was. We're going to have all four different answers. Tanahashi and Moxley was my <laughs> match of the night. So, like I'm trying to tell you, I think every, I think it was so many strong <laughs> options. So mm. that's how good this card was for me. That yeah, has never happened before. It was hard to, to to actually choose one. Like oh, in my notes, I literally had like two different matches that I had put, you know, match of the night question mark next to because I was like, which one do I pick? Well, the problem with me is I I, I picked Zack Sabre Jr. and Cesaro and then kind of like re-watched Will Ospreay or just kind of going, oh, fuck it. <laughs> like, I think that's got better now, has it? Like, it's, it's unbelievable. So that yeah. leads into my MVP because my MVP of the night could, well, should be the great Khan, to be fair, because he is a legend. But I'm going to give it to Orange Cassidy and Will because I didn't give them a match. So I'll give it to them guys. <laughs> Jaxie, big question. Who is the MVP of this incredible card? Oh, the MVP for me was Daddy Rainmaker Okada. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'll take that. I tell you what, Monty, if Akada and Ricky Starks ever team up, we are in trouble. They would definitely <laughs> fight before they team up, <laughs> unfortunately. No. No, I want it now. Yeah, I literally I would love that. I would live with that. Yeah, yeah me too. Uh, Gina, <laughs> Gina, who's your MVP of the night? I'm also going with Akada. He was badass. And Monty, what about you? Yeah, man, I gave it to Osprey, man, and uh, and like you said, Orange Cassidy, Claudio was also someone I wrote down. Just I thought it was just a big night for him. I was special, so yeah, those are the people that came to mind. All right, and then finally, final thoughts. Well, for me, I tell you what, this reminded me a little bit of Stand in two thousand five uh, with ECW Revival Show because it's just. It felt like magic. Felt like we're experiencing True. magic. You know, the, the way the crowd was, the matches set up, um, great. The high flow, the high. I fucked it up, but I set this up, and this was great. The high fly flow of the card was great, but unfortunately, I failed <laughs> in delivering the line, which is disappointing. Uh, but as we said, no one, not anybody, lost anything in feet. You know, you can go back and look at the match, right. and that's when you know. I mean. Will Ospreay, Jay White, and Zack Sabre Jr., I'd pick them for any promotion. If I was going to be a Tony Khan, start my own promotion tomorrow, those three guys, definitely on there. Um, and I'm, all three of them are where? Yes. It's weird because I'm going to be annoyed. We're not going to see AEW and, and New Japan mixing it up more. And I see, yeah. especially with the people who impress me. You know, when we talk about even, like, I don't want to step over, you know, anybody else, but, like, Great Akan, Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre Jr., Akana, Tanahashi, it's like, shit, all the guys that I really liked <laughs> are yeah. New Japan. I mean, and this is just a taste I, of the roster, too. I'm just really hoping that this is going to be one of those annual events that we will get once a year, because I, I, I don't want this to be the first and only time we get a crossover like that. It was just too peak. What an event. And like I said, the New Japan talent that we're seeing as well is just incredible. And it's a shame we're not going to see any more. But I'm going to score this nine and a half out of ten. Jaxie, what about you? Sorry, what was your score? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. I went with nine, so. Fair enough. Gina? Sorry, what was the question? Score out of 10 for the entire show. Oh, yeah, I'll give it a nine. And Monty, what's your score and your final thoughts? Yeah, man, I gave it a nine, 9.5 out of 10. This was awesome to me, man. I don't think this is my New Japan bias talking either. Just a hell of a show. Special night of wrestling. It was all paced well. So my, my concerns from last show for AEW, you know, they're, they went away here. New Japan looks strong. Whether they won or lost, AW looks strong. And I, I think it really made a great impression on new fans and other people, as, as Jaxie <laughs> showed here today, that, you know, they definitely left a good impression on her. So, like, it just makes me proud as a fan, a longtime fan of New Japan, to, to show everybody, to, to kind of invite a lot of other people in to what I already know is special. So it's kind of good to see. I'm not crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, this is awesome. And I, everyone can see how awesome it is. So, you know, I'm glad that there, a lot of new people could be possibly giving New Japan a chance going forward. 
And this is this is what this is what I love about professional wrestling. I think stuff like this is why we love pro wrestling. So yeah, nine point five uh, out of ten. This is as close to perfect as you can get. Yeah, well, about that, and like you said, it's it's validation for you because you've been watching this time. It's like it's even like with the NXT UK stuff, and I say like, I'm not crazy. This is good. <laughs> Yeah, and you're like, yeah, no, right. it's good. Like, yeah, oh, we just need more eyes on it. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, fell out. I thought it was us. Uh, but like he said, uh, again, I'll say the reason for this podcast, for the podcast to actually start, was to show originally Jared, who didn't know anything about wrestling, and Dan, things he'd never seen before, where it would be old pay-per-views or classic matches. And I love the fact that this group, as in the WNR team, is just so positive about wrestling at this moment in time and wanted to watch other things like i said jackson to hear you say sounds so excited about new japan and obviously regina mm-hmm. as well wanted to watch more things it just this is why we're wrestling fans you know and that's the it's thing great. wrestling it's not just wwe it's not just aew look how much is out there you know yeah exactly and you know um that this Again, it stems from, like you said, a love of wrestling. And it's not exactly like, you know, um, I've only just found this newfound love for Japan. I've all for New Japan. I've always been intrigued by it, but just not had the time when I'm watching so much wrestling as it is. That being said, I am determined to make time to at least check out some of New Japan now because of how it has left me. So if anything, Tony just did a really great job at at getting this promotion to work together with them because, you know, I'm not going to be the only wrestling fan out there that hasn't experienced New Japan wrestling but is now a New Japan fan. And I'm just kind of proud of the content that they provided us with because it really did showcase what we already knew but for our eyes. Yeah, Yeah, I think we're that. And I think that is basically a perfect way to end it. Um, And also we had the new segment today which was ask monty which will guess will make an appearance uh with stuff to come but that is it for now uh don't forget we're across all social media twitter at the dominar podcast i'm at the dominar jr and you can find the entire dominar team on the twitter banner or monty where can people listen to you at mind monty pod on twitter you know just click the link in the bio you can check out my latest podcast Check out the, uh, all the new projects on YouTube. Go to Monty's Universe or you can do what I just said earlier. And, you know, just check it out. Uh, but I appreciate all the support. Like I said, as a New Japan guy, this is a very, very special show to me. So I was happy to review this with you guys. And, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. And, and what's another thing, Monty, you say that's crazy is, uh, and I sent this link to the group as well. The episode we did, I think it was like WNR336 was called The Forbidden Door. And it was kind of you introducing me to the kind of up-to-date stuff, which is crazy to think yeah. that was, you know, nearly 100 episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's been a wild ride. It's been a wild ride, man. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Uh, but like I said, Jaxie, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me across both Instagram and Twitter at Jaxie Scarlett. And Gina? You can find me on both at Purple Pain. Perfect. And also, Dubinar on Facebook and Instagram across all Google platforms. Send us your pissy emails at the Dubinar podcast at gmail.com. YouTube, the latest clips, podcasts at the same time on YouTube as do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, we can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. But our next episode, we're not, we're not having a break, guys. We're going straight back into it. 
Uh, Saturday, <laughs> we'll have the Man in the Bank live pre-show. Uh, of course, catch up Raw, SmackDown, talking about AEW Blood and Guts, looking at Impact's 20-year anniversary, and, of course, talking about Vince McMahon. But until then, I have been James Rollins, and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxi Scarlett, the mind of Monty, and the genius of Gina. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. 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 